Talkin 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 Tunes. Hey, you're listening to Talking Tunes. My name is Vakle and I'm a music producer and the host of this podcast. This is a music podcast series where I invite artists in for a talk about their songwriting and production process. Each episode is focused on one artist and one song of their choosing. And today I'm talking with Coco O. Coco is a Danish singer-songwriter and recently also a producer. She has had great international success with her duo project called Quatron, producing in the best studios in the world and living in LA, and has now started her solo project called Coco O. The song we're talking about is called Thousand Times, and it's a song that has been on the way for years, but recently found a final state in the release we're talking about today. Girls awesome. Music Podcast The podcast is part of Girls Are Awesome, which is a platform and brand dedicated to redefining female representation in the media. We work in a number of ways to create more representation, both offline and online, and we do our best to share stories of inspirational women. Our crew is a mix of guys and girls united around the idea that gender should never be a limitation. First up, let's take a short listen to Thousand Times by Coco O. My name is Coco, and I go by Coco O, and I'm a singer-songwriter. Uh, I was in a group called Quadrant, in a duo, and now I'm solo. So you say singer-songwriter, but you started producing lately as well, right? Yeah, I think it's kind of, for me, it's just part of the songwriting in a way, because I think it's more common to have some kind of production Then maybe like in the 60s, a songwriter, a singer-songwriter was someone playing the guitar or the piano. But um, yeah, I don't know. I guess I'm a producer. It just sounds so weird when I say it. I know the feeling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always seem like you have to have like a, a huge studio and uh, the big mixer and stuff. But yeah, nowadays you don't really need that much. No. So today we're going to talk about Thousand Times. Mm-hmm. And... When did you start writing that song? I think it's almost like three years ago, maybe even more, that I got the initial initial demo, which sounded pretty different. And um, and it's funny because today I went through my computer and I saw that I have like over 20 versions of that track. So it's been going through a lot of changes. But I think the first initial demo I did after I had a friend visiting and I felt a little bit, we had like a weird situation and uh and very classic you know like in a romantic movie i sat for the piano and started playing something and uh yeah and it's just been like a long time on its way in the version you have now there's not a lot of piano no <laughs> <laughs> i know it's like half of the song is only vocal how did you go about because you're kind of sort of using the vocal as the piano or as yeah. the backing track And did you record that after recording the lead vocal? Or how did you go about 
making that as the instrument? Well, I think it's because I had some struggle um, producing this song. This was like one of the first songs that I wrote on my own after Quadrant, after Robin and I parted ways. So when I was with him, I was so used to him producing and I didn't really think about producing, you know. We, you know, we discussed everything and I had an opinion. I was always, you know, sitting next to him, but but I didn't really know, maybe I didn't really care enough about all the tech technicalities of producing and he's so talented that it, it all seems so easy but then after him and I <clears throat> decided to do you know separate things suddenly I realized that there was a lot of things that I did not know how to do so a thousand times I actually did a little production on it at first so it was just like my lead vocal and there was like another verse and there was another it was another structure in the song but then and then I had a friend coming over playing the bass And I did some drums that were just like, you know, sounds that I made in my room. And um, and I just had this feeling because Quadrum was, was so well produced, I always felt like it was not enough, my production. So I always like imagined it being produced, like like really produced, you know. Um, but then I had some struggle finding someone to help me. So that's when I decided to do the vocals instead, you know, to just change the arrangement after something that I could actually control. So that was a very long explanation. <laughs> It's all about talking here, so <laughs> yeah. don't worry. Touch me like ever before And promise there's a meaning with this decision When you recorded the harmonies, did you uh, plan it on the piano and then you recorded the notes or did you just like jam it out how's your process on that well i had some ideas in my head and so usually when i do a harmony first i do some very rough demos where it's okay that i'm pitchy and then afterwards i try to do it nicer and then a nicer version and i usually start with the lower harmonies because it's easier to build for me to build that, that way But um, for this one, I actually think I kind of kept some of the demo demo recordings, and they are a little bit pitchy. But I was like, fuck that. <laughs> I don't want to redo it. It's very boring, I think, doing... Like, when I did it earlier with other, you know, guys, you know, recording me, it was more simple because I could just stand there and just be like, okay, one more take, one more take. But now that I'm sitting with the computer, I just like, oh, whatever. This is okay. You know? <laughs> I get a little lazy with it. I don't know. Uh, do you ever use autotune or anything to, like, pitch correct? I would love to, but I don't know how to do it yet. I don't know how to work it. Um, but I would love to for some times, you know, because it's very modern now to have uh, just the sound of the autotune, like even Beyonce uses autotune. So for me, it would be a nice tool. And I actually tried it like a week ago, but I just don't know how to work it. So I think I need to get like some, um, I don't know, I need to get, what's it called? A plugin that's a little bit more simple for me. Yeah. Which one did you try? Um, well, I really like Alter Boy. Um, but I don't know if that's exactly auto-tune, but it's definitely something with pitching the vocals. Yeah, I um, don't know it, so okay. that's why I'm not reacting. No, but Alter Boy, I think it's, I don't know if that's, it's not correcting the pitch, but the one I've tried to use now is just the one that Logic has. But then you have to know exactly what key it's in and what notes you can, you need to pick out and stuff like that. So I just, it, it got too complicated for me. You've been in the studio next to Robin a lot when you worked um, in the previous band. Um, and now that you started producing yourself, 
Is there anything that's harder than you thought it would be? Everything is harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. yeah, everything. I think it's because, and I've been giving this a lot of thought because I was, I kept on wondering like why, why do I feel so defeated before I even start? And I think that there's something to do with the way that you're raised being a boy or a girl. And I, because okay, I, I take it way back, you know, from the beginning, because it's like, <laughs> I just feel like I was just wondering how come there's so many guys that are producing, like there's so many male producers. Boy. And there's like only, I can only think of a handful of female producers who are actually doing it, you know what I mean? And, um, and I was thinking that I think it's something, it might have something to do with, you know, the fact that it's on a computer and it gets a little bit geeky, the technical stuff. And then I was wondering, but why is it that there is, in our society, there's, there's, um, there's a tendency to think that guys are better at computers, you know? And then I take it back to my school, like my elementary school, and I'm like, it just seemed like a guy thing to care about computers. And I feel kind of bummed out that I wasn't more interested in it when I was younger because I feel like a lot of my um, male friends, they have some kind of advantage just because it was something that they were interested in, even like playing on the computer. You just learn a lot of shortcuts and stuff like that. And I just feel like such a beginner. And I always had this thing that it was supposed to be boring technical stuff, but it's really not that boring. It's kind of interesting now I think but I just think that it's just it's very difficult to to learn a whole new kind of language almost and then also be creative at the same time I think there's just a lot of if I could just you know take all the ideas in my head and just you know do it without having to know how to work the computer it'll be I'll be blessed yeah <laughs> it takes time it takes a lot of time But also, like, why is that that uh, more guys are like electricians or carpenters, all those practical things, you know? Mm. And I think it's just because, you know, I definitely think that girls are equally intelligent or even more, you know, <laughs> some things. So it's just, it's just funny how that there are still guys and girl things, you know, in yeah, society. Yeah, it's just tradition. Yeah. I think. Um, but I'm not gonna blame it on that because I do know that there's a lot of things for me to do if I if I just spend the time with it. But um, but I definitely struggle with all the technical stuff. Is there anything that's easier than you thought? Yeah, and again, I would say everything. You know. <laughs> Because it's like, I think it's all about also your state of mind, um, because I spend a lot of time thinking, coming out of Quadrant, I, I spend a lot of time thinking that things had to sound a specific way in order to be real or good enough. Because we were playing around with like, the last album we did was on a major label in LA, so we had like a huge budget, and we just recorded out of like some of the biggest, most expensive studios in the world, or in LA at least, you know? where Michael Jackson recorded his stuff and it was just like very extravagant and we had like horn players and just a lot of musicians coming in that were all getting paid and so I just had a feeling that in order for it to be real it had to be like that and then one day at Coachella like four years ago I was at Coachella for the first time And it was a mixed experience, but on my way back from Coachella, I had smoked a little bit of weed. And then I was looking out at the mountains. I didn't drive, by the way. My boyfriend drove the car. But I was looking <laughs> at the mountains, and I was like, fuck, 
maybe I got this all wrong. Maybe, maybe what maybe what I know is enough for now. Maybe there is no right or wrong in music. You know, maybe the minimalistic sound also has some quality to it. And that's where my world kind of flipped around in a way. And I started to think of it a little bit differently. That, you know, maybe I'd just been surrounded by a lot of uh, older guys, older males in the industry who's been dictating what's right and what's wrong. And maybe they don't know everything. When recording the instruments, did you do it like record uh, real time or did you program it or how did you go about that? It was a bit mixed. Like I said, I have so many versions of this song. So the first version I did was just um, the chords, the piano chords. And then I had like a bass player coming in and then I had my own beat that was very like falling apart, the beat. The and hand, then, hand drumming thing? Yeah, okay. kind of hand drumming and then like a beat from Logic, you know, I don't know. Uh, kick from logic but then i changed it and then i tried to get some people to help me including my good friend silas who's a danish producer and then he did a version of it that where he took it somewhere completely different and i was like nah it's really not there you know and then it went to a stage where it was like very overproduced with a beat throughout the whole song and i was like nah still not there and then i kind of went back to the initial idea where it was like vocals for the main part and then i had my friend august who's a piano player and musician I had him coming in and do, because I did it live. Oh yeah, so I performed it. And then I had some new realizations with it. And then I just wanted him to come in and do the the piano part. And then I had my friend dubbing the drums. So it's a mixture of live drums and then some drums that my friend Silas helped me produce. You know, just like, what do you call it? Electronic drums, I guess. Yeah. Computer drums. Programmed yeah. drums. Yeah, programmed yes. drums. Now I've turned all the red lantern Do you remember the first time you played it live? Um, yeah, I did it the first time. I think it was, yeah, I think I did it the first time in in a church here in Copenhagen, Borsandskirchen. Um, I think that was the first time I did it, yeah. So you said you kind of uh, got some new realizations on how you wanted the track to be. So was that because of uh, the audience reaction or how you felt on stage? Um, I think sometimes that? when I try stuff out that I haven't released, it's also just to see exactly how, what do I feel when I perform it. Do I think there's something in the arrangement in the arrangement I need to change? Like if I get um, if I get restless while performing it, then sometimes it's, I feel like okay, maybe I should change something, or maybe I just really enjoy a certain part and then I know it has to stay. But I think. When I, the first time I performed it, it was, oh, shoot, no, I performed it, oh, fuck, I forgot, I performed it in LA, like, four years ago, <laughs> in a different version. But I really enjoyed performing that version, too, so I'm actually thinking about releasing both versions, because I kind of like the cuter version, too. It's very, yeah, this is more dramatic, you know? I yeah, think my, it is. This is a little bit more, like, <gasps> churchy, but the original version is a little bit more cute, and, yeah, it was a good, that was a good experience. Very I simple. hope you release it. Yeah, <laughs> I think I need to. The lyrics also went through a, a bunch of different stages. Um, 
for me is like sometimes the lyric doesn't really it doesn't really have to be about the exact same thing sometimes it, it can be a lot of mixed feelings that I put into one song um, so for this one I don't know I just felt like I just wanted to talk a little bit about the process of you know the difficulties of finding someone to help me writing this or finishing it you know like I felt so dependent I felt like someone had to save me in a way and I felt like I wasn't good enough and I just felt like I constantly needed someone else's help in a way and I think that that's somewhat what I tried to put in the lyrics but it's all a little bit I don't know I don't know if the message is that clear <laughs> but no I was um When I was listening listening to it the first time, I was thinking whether it was a love song or it was about the music industry. It's a kind of a little bit of both, yeah. I think, in a way. Um, sometimes I feel like I'm just ranting also when I when I write lyrics. You know, it's like it's a mixture. It's about it's also like those two things almost go together in a way. I think in the beginning I was trying to write it to Robin because I felt, you know, I was struggling so much and I felt like. Um, i felt very much alone in the process of trying to have a new person like him to save me. But then it really just became a little bit more general because I realized that it's not about him, it's more about me and my relationship to to being a, a dependent person, you know. And, you know, it's very difficult sometimes because I, I do believe in collaboration, you know, and I really want someone to help me and I really want to work in... I really want people to... I want to work together with other people, but at the same time, um, you also really just need to learn how to do things on your own, so you don't, so you don't get lost if there is no one. Do you know? What I, are you following? Yeah, I'm following. <laughs> okay, okay. I think I have the opposite uh, experience in my life because I started out alone. Yeah. So I was working alone all the time, and now I'm kind of letting people into the studio, and it's uh, really giving me giving me. Um, new inspiration and I, I guess either way if it's from alone to together or together to alone it's just the fact that you're changing the process that kind of gives you a kick yeah or some gives you new energy somehow I mean definitely there's definitely things where I feel like I learned a lot of a lot of from you know um, just the fact that now I can decide everything I can take the final decisions you know and I can it's that gives a little that gives a lot of creative freedom um but i still get those times where i get super heavy because i feel like i'm not as good as other people to do to produce you know yeah and i and then it just drags my energy down i want to and i really want to come to a place where i don't get that heavy you know yeah i can stay a bit more light and yeah the problem with producing is it actually takes a lot of time there's a lot of time yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you recorded the vocal, how did you go about putting effects on that? Because I, I feel like it has to, it's really intense and it's um, quite in the front of the mix. Um, well, I think I'm a little bit boring in that way because I I kind of always do the same thing with my vocals. Um, But it works? Yeah, I think there's something that just, I, I like my vocals with reverb. You know, I don't have a very long... Um, like tone, you know what I mean? Like some people can just hold a note forever. 
but I feel like mine stops. So I think we, I need a little bit of reverb in order to feel like I'm not completely naked in a way. So um, I don't know. I think on the, some of the next, some of the new, newer stuff, I'm playing a, some of the stuff I'm about to release. I'm playing a little bit more with it, like a little bit more reverb, or some of them just more dry. But for this one, I just wanted it to be feel, have the feeling of being in a church, at least for the beginning. I like that kind of. Um, I like the feeling of, you know, super emo and kind of heavy, but still beautiful that I have from listening to like, you know, some church or churchy gospel or choir music. When did you get that church love, like the love of the church sound? I just feel like because it's just a mixture of being very sad and still very pretty, you know, like when you're at a funeral, <laughs> I know it's a little heavy, but at funerals, it's just, it's just so, I don't know, it's just, for me, everything that's sad is beautiful, you know, in a way, I just love the heavy emotions. Um, and I think there's something about sitting in a church in that room, there's a lot of history in it, and you just know that there's been a lot of people who's been really happy or really sad in that room, and 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 then the music that you add to those experiences is always like a revelation for me, you know, when I attend a wedding or whatever, funeral or a Baptist, like anything, it's just very traumatic like that and I was actually really inspired by the movie Romeo and Juliet the best Lerman version remember when she walks the aisle and they're about to get married and there's this Quentin Tarver I think I don't know how you pronounce his name but he sings this brother and sister together we'll make it through I don't know it's a classic I don't know it <laughs> but it has, I just loved that song when I was younger and I wanted to create something that had a little bit of that flavor to it Do you have any advice to maybe other musicians that have been writing for a while and want to start producing? Well, I think what I'm trying to tell everyone, including myself, is just to do it. You know, don't don't let yourself, don't hold yourself back because you don't think you're good enough and doesn't sound right enough. There is no right and wrong. And like so many music, like so many young younger musicians and beat makers now, they just they just super creative. They just do tons of shit and then just put it out there, you know. They, I don't even know if they mix it. They just put it out and just like, you know, drop it onto the next. And there is no rules anymore. And without now, especially when you don't really need a label or you don't need a manager, you don't need anything. You can just put it out on YouTube. Then, I mean, just go. Just, you know, it's just instead of, you know, a lot of people sit around with like a huge hard drive with tons of demos on it and for me I just like just release it you know I mean definitely spend some time give it a little bit of attention and love but you know it's just such a waste you know and just put it out there and give it life thank you for coming today thank you for having me touch me like ever before and promise there's a meaning with this decision Someday 
Them say. 